Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We missed the playoffs by one win last year, and we used X amount of guys. Everybody in this room matters, and they'll matter to the bottom line. So, you know, as we move through the next few days of practice, that's how the coaches, the coaches' perspective on it is. Uh, you know, we're going to go down to 23. We have 31, I think it is, in camp now. We're going to use probably 31 or more during the course of the season, and uh, they're going to help us. Uh, reach our goal. So everybody's extremely important when you put it in perspective or that perspective. New lineup for the Sabres tonight as they'll have game six of their preseason schedule in Columbus after a morning skate in Buffalo today. Welcome in Ships in the Harbor edition of Sabres Live. How are you, Marty? I thought it was Battlefield. We're F5. I'm taking a shot. Let's see if it well, works, but no. I, I'm also next to a dog park and about to get accosted <laughs> by a squirrel. So this could go sideways <laughs> real quick, but uh, I, let's focus on the matter yeah. at hand. Yes. We were working on corrections on this show a lot. We make a lot of mistakes, and uh, uh, but I think we should start by maybe correcting Don Granado because I, he said we have 31 players in camp. And I said to you quickly, I said 32, Matt Savoy's in camp. And then you said 33 with Jack Quinn. So yeah, there's 31 guys right now, but they will use everybody this season. So let's just assume that there's 33. A final 33 is in play right now. How many did they use last year? Skaters, that is. Oh, I do not know the answer. The answer, I would... is, the answer is 29. I was going to say, I think it was high 20s, but um, yeah, that's a but good tonight, number. That's not bad. I mean, it's reasonably good health, and I think we noticed yeah. that throughout the course of the year. Obviously, the most talked about one was Matias Samuelson. There was later on uh, lingering injuries to Tage Thompson. A lot of times, obviously, like most situations, you saw guys play through, but I think they were trending in the right direction, which has kind of been you know, the hope and the goal all along from the sport science field and just how they are, you yes. know, preparing themselves uh, on an annual basis. And you can never, you know, you always have to account for the unfortunate bad luck, which comes with playing this game tonight. It's good fortune for a lot of guys who get another look here for the Sabres against the Jackets. And we have a lot of angles that we can pursue. But I think one of the newer ones is actually one of the more talked about players of camp and Zach Benson, but he's lining up tonight for his fifth preseason game, and he'll do so with Krebs and Rusin. 
Yeah, so that's, number one, a lot of hockey for Zach Benson, who's playing in his fifth out of six, right? And he already played some some action in the WHL before that. So, um, But he's ready. He's ready to earn a spot. So now what we've seen a lot in camp was Benson along with Thompson and Skinner. And it could still be like that on October 12th when the New York Rangers are in town for the home opener and the Sabres starting the season. But as Don Granado talked about, they have to be ready to explore every opportunities. They have to be ready to explore every lineup combination because you don't know what that's going to be like in a week from now, let alone a month from now with injuries and everything. So Benson is going to skate with Peyton Krebs and Lucas Rusek on what, I mean, is a middle line, right? Because we do have middle stat and tuck up top. We have Dylan Cousins and Paterka. That line is there. But now Krebs with Benson and Rusek is something completely different. And for me, what it tells me is, okay, Zach Benson, you've had a great camp so far. Everybody's talking about you. You've looked good on the power play. You've looked good with Thompson and Skinner. Let's see how much ownership can you take. Let's see how much drive can you take into a line that is a Peyton Krebs situation that would probably play a fourth line role this year. Uh, and a Lucas Rusex who's trying to earn himself maybe a first call up, a second call up, maybe some NHL time this year as well after he got a little taste last season. So to me, that's a test for Benson. Drive a line. Let's see if you can own that ice time and let's see what you can do with it. Kind of a test for all three, isn't it? Yes, it is. But I'm just focusing on Benson. The tough, yeah. a, t- a test for Krabs, who's in a battle it right really now. Is. When you look at the, the center of the ice with Thompson, Cousins, Middlestat, Krebs, and Tyson Jost, there's five right there. Who's going to be in the top four? And Krebs is battling right now, so he's given an opportunity to play with, with a couple of other guys. Well, and Yuri Kulik has played predominantly center in the AHL, yeah. more so wing in the NHL, but we've certainly seen him in the middle here during this camp. Brandon Byro fits that uh, profile as well as someone who can play either position. And while Byro isn't in the lineup tonight, nor is Kulik or Roseanne or Thompson or Skinner yep. um, and, and Brett Murray, Brett Murray, th- th- you know, the, I think there's still a lot to play for here um, from a Krebs standpoint of can he take a step forward where it becomes uh, a logical thing within game to play him in more offensive situations, right? Can he earn that as the next big step? And with Tyson Jost, I, I mean, yes, it took a while to get his deal done to bring him back. But given how many looks they've been giving the kids, which they have been adamant they're not going to block any of the kids, I, I I can't sit here with 100% confidence and say that some of these kids aren't like right there with Jost and angling for a spot on this team. So uh, the funny thing with Tyson Jost is that, you know, there was, uh, he was an RFA and, you know, didn't get qualified, signed on July 1st. Like there was a lot of different things there. He comes back and I think the Sabres really wanted him back, but you're right. Like the role now is different for Tyson Jones and the role may be different for Peyton Krebs at some point if Krebs doesn't take ownership of it because Krebs all of a sudden is like, Hey, I came in the Jack Eichel trade and I've been given an opportunity, but now it's two years. Right. It's it's last season and this this year. And it's like, OK, Peyton Krebs, how can you give 
your job security, your team, that aspect that you are a mainstay now, because if not, we see it so often. And I've been part of those teams where there's always a good young player that is right there and given a few opportunities. But all of a sudden, those opportunities, they start to 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 go down in numbers and they're given up to the next wave of guys. Just like you mm-hmm. got those opportunities, the next wave will get theirs. And I think this is big for Peyton Krebs. You're absolutely right. And and I like Peyton Krebs. And I think he's a really good player. Like James Patrick said, the NHL would put, will put you in your spot. Well, you know what? This is an opportunity for Peyton Krebs to say, I'm not labeled as a Fort Line center just yet. Like maybe that's the trending direction for Peyton Krebs, but it's not there yet. I can still play a role, uh, bring some offense and maybe elevate my game into a top nine role. Yeah, I agree. And when, how do you evaluate the opportunity then for Rusek since we've now spent the bulk of the time talking about his two line mates tonight in Krebs and Benson? So with Rusek, for me, these type of players is who's getting the first call up. And I understand that that's maybe not what they want to hear at this time of keep, year. But can was I just that? say, like, keep, keep in mind, a month ago, as we were constantly uh, assessing and or projecting who might take Quinn's place. Yeah. A lot of people were quietly betting on Rusek. Yeah. So th- that's, again, why I put a lot of emphasis on what this line looks like tonight. Well, you know what? If we had a gambling site right now, Duffer, and we were handicapping who those players are, I wouldn't have Rusek up there anymore. Like, I mean, maybe he was in the top two or three. Kulik was in there, obviously. Uh, you know, Roseanne, the way he looked in Prospect uh, Challenge was 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 there. But uh, Rusek from what he did last season and, and what he did in Rochester, the ability that he can, he possessed to play a bit of a different game. It's a little thicker guy can play a little bit more physical if he wants to. Um, I, I think I've got him a little down the list right now. So he's given an opportunity. In, who do you have in the spot then? Because I don't sit here and have anybody cemented next to cousins yet. I think that's Victor Olofsson's spot. I think okay. that's what it is. It's JJ Paterko with Victor Olofsson. I can see the lines right now developing very, very quickly into your 12 is set. And there's a 13th forward right now, which would be Tyson Jost. And then after that, it's a bit of a question mark. Um, yeah. I think Brendan Byro has earned himself probably the number one spot on that list right now. If I was handicapping the Rochester guys that are fighting for a first call up Byro's one you probably have Kulik too just because of the past experience and what he brings mm-hmm. and then I think it's Roseanne R- Rusek Murray's not played himself out of it at all I think Murray's had really a strong camp but is it more of a hey there's a fit for him if we need to call him up but we would try somebody else before I think that's possibly what he's playing himself into right now well, one thing to always consider, um, and we see waiver wire um, possibilities every day right now around the league as yep. teams cut down to get closer, is that Byro and Murray are two that will have to face that reality if they don't stick with the big club. And, you know, obviously there are defensemen as well that are going to fall into that category also. We've already seen guys like Davies and Sacconi go down and clear waivers at this point. So uh, fascinating for me. I know we try... We, we talk a lot about these preseason games um, and then, you know, they end up being, guess what? Just preseason games. And then yes. sometimes they don't give us an awful lot of, uh, uh, you know, substance to digest the next day. 
but I, I think going into it, every player recognizes the position they're in. And so if you move off of that forward line combination that we talk about with Krebs and Benson and Rusak, the logical quick hit for us to uh, revisit was a talking point yesterday. And that was where does Alex Tuck play? And, you know, we, we, give us your summary, Marty, of what we what we found by way of interaction with our audience uh, at Sabres Live on X. I, I, you're of the belief that most felt he should just stick with Thompson and Skinner? Most were saying, you know, Skinner and Thompson would talk. Don't mess with something that isn't broken. That really worked last year. Why going away from it? But again, as we heard Don say before the show is they were a win away from the playoffs, but they have right. to find a way to not just be in the playoffs by one win. You want to be in the playoffs by five, six, seven wins. Like get to 105 points. Like don't just limp in at 96 points and say, whoo, we're going to do what Florida did last year. How can you put your lines together? So a lot more people were saying Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. Now we definitely need, like Eric, Kevin, Tucky needs to stay with Skinner and Tomer. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people said, does that mean it's over? Does that mean Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck is over? And then here, uh, Matt in Cleveland says, it's not over. You'll see it again. But it has to to do with lineup flexibility right now. And the Sabres want to find the best flexibility in the lineup. I, I think the second option. So number one answer was Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. Number two answer was J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins, Alex Tuck. Because Zach Benson has played himself into a being the, the darling of everybody. And, oh, Thompson, Skinner, Benson. And then you may have Paterka, Cousins, Tuck. That was the number two answer that we got on X yesterday. People replying, why not Tuck on the on uh, wing with uh, Paterka and Cousins? So that was number two. And then there was the... Oh, interesting with middle stat. Yeah, it worked well at the end of the season. So that was more of a, a kind of a passing, uh, response. So it wasn't a popular response, but I say to people, um, there's a reason why Don Granado is the head coach and Kevin Adams is the GM. And those two, especially they dwell on that stuff, not just in training camp through the summer. Think of Tage Thompson moving to center that was set in motion in the summertime. Right? Maybe that was also set in motion in the summertime. Hey, Tucky, you may play with Mitzi this year. Mitzi, you may play with Tucky this year. Let's think about that. So, how many points are they going to combine for tonight? Those that line, Greenway, Middlestat, and Tuck. Mm -hmm. I say six, five, five or six <laughs> together. Yeah, right? Like I, you, you, you yeah. could see Middlestat, Tuck have a goal and assist. Greenway chip in with an assist. There's five points for the, that line. Okay, so we'll we'll look for that, and we'll also look to the back line, which has, unfortunately, no Eric Johnson, but it does have a, can I use a question mark here? New question look mark? top pair, Rasmus Dahlin, Connor Clifton? Uh, is this a decoy? Is it Don Granado trying to play mind games already in training camp and sending out his de-pairing with Dahlin and Clifton as your top pair instead of Matias Samuelson? No, I don't think it's a cliff. It's a decoy. I think that's exactly what Don Granado and his coaching staff want to do this year. They want to roll out Dallin and Clifton. They want to roll out power in Yoki Aryu, and they want to roll out Matthias Samuelson with Eric Johnson. Now, Eric Johnson is not going to play tonight. There's a little lingering issues. EJ wanted to play. Don Granado said, just like Alex talked earlier in camp, 
take the night off, no rush. So Ryan Johnson's going to play another preseason game. But I do believe that we would have had our top six the way that it's going to start on October 12th if Eric Johnson had been in the lineup playing alongside Matias Samuelson tonight. But yeah, you're right. Darlene and Clifton, new look pairing, new look top pairing. They've been together in practices throughout the whole camp. And I really believe that's how Don Granado wants to start against the Rangers on October 12th. Well, Darlene has been exceptionally excited to talk about the pairing and yes. has loved everything that he has seen from Connor. Um, I don't recall you envisioning this at all when nope. Buffalo signed Clifton to a three-year deal. I saw Clifton play with power. Mm-hmm. I didn't say Clifton play with Darlene. I saw Darlene Samuelson power Clifton. I thought top four. And now after that, who's fighting for the last two spots? You know, yeah. Eric Johnson, Henry Yokiaru, Jacob Bryson, Riley Stillman. Like you, you, you can have anybody right there fighting for the top two spots. And I think that changes things. But again, just like we talked yesterday about having a heavy set of line of, of, of wingers on a line with Greenway and talk alongside with Middlestat, having a heavy presence on the ice. I think Don Granado wants a heavy presence on the back end with Samuelson and Johnson, uh, EJ, that is Eric Johnson, but mm-hmm. allowing for maybe more offense out of Dallin and Connor Clifton. I think Clifton has more of an upside offensively. Not that I think, I know he has more of an upside offensively than Matthias Samuelson does. And, you know, that's fine. Like, it doesn't mean Matthias Samuelson doesn't have a role, but now you're opening it up, right? You're going to play your Thompson line with Dowling and Clifton, and you're going to say, we're spending a minute and a half in the offensive zone. And people can't contain that line. Why? Because I think Connor Clifton can add more offense to that deep pairing, uh, you know, when you compare that to Matthias Samuelson last season. Does Clifton bring more offense than Ilya Labushkin? Uh, well, so I think Labushkin last year was third in goals with the Sabres. Uh, third, from in Quebec. Se- defense, third in defense. Points. Third in defense from the blue line. Yes. So I think Connor Clifton will still be third. I think we're going to have Dallin and we're going to have power as first and second. So he's not going to be higher than Labushkin on the blue line with the Sabres, but it will be with a bigger number. Let's just put okay. it that way. I, I really believe so. What did Connor Clifton add last year? I'm going to pull it up really quick. 23 points. 23 points. I think we can see him get to 30 uh, with Rasmus Dallin on the ice with him. Yeah. I- I, I would think that's that's very 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 doable. Um, I think there's a lot of um, potential for the entirety of the group to produce more. I think we've been talking about that in 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 camp. I know, not to dig too deep into you know um, the Stillmans of the world and the Davies of the world contributing, um, but I think with the way Henry's playing, um, I, I could I could see. Well, I mean. Honestly, I always go back to like Will Borgen scored more than 20 points last year with Seattle. Like, yes, there's no did. reason, there's no reason for every single defenseman in this group not to have 25 points minimum. Wow. Right. I, I mean, there's no reasons. I get it. There's only one puck and that puck has to be shared and they only give up two assists. So a lot of time they get, you know, third, fourth touches. And that's what it mm-hmm. goes. But your top three guys at the bare minimum, should be over 35 points. Should have a 35, a 55, and a 75. That should be like the way your top three guys are going to be. Yeah. Well, I think, again, I think that's very, very, very doable based on how we're seeing the group play right now in the preseason. What we're also seeing tonight, if we're talking about first-time combinations, uh, I don't believe we've seen Samuelson with Johnson yet, have we? 
With Ryan Johnson, no, I don't think we've seen those two together, and that's not a pair that uh, that worked together at all during training right, camp. Right, that's what right? I mean. It was yeah. Sam, Matthias Samuelson was with Eric Johnson all training camp, and all of a sudden Ryan Johnson comes in. Um, you know what? That's another test. And as Don Granado said, we're going to need 30 skaters. We're going to 29 skaters last year. We're going to need everybody um, to to be able to to slot in different places. When Matthias Samuelson played last year, he played with Rasmus Dahlin. That was as simple as that. And maybe a shift there and there. He wasn't with Dahlin because then they'd load up Dahlin and power together. But could there be more Uh-oh. out of Matthias Samuelson, more flexibility out of his game. Let's see how that works out with, with Ryan Johnson today. I, I'm not stopping anymore for this little interruption. I'm just going to keep going right through it. It's like, you know what? Stop with the stop sign. I, no, it's I'm, four in the morning the and there's one, nobody I'm on the, the road. One I'm that going. struggles with your pregnant pauses. That's, that's, I know, that's, seriously. that's my reality. Uh, okay. So all And then the speed up version after that. <laughs> like, yeah. We call that normal. Normal. <laughs> um, with, with, all of this happening in the penultimate preseason game for the Sabres tonight against the Great Jackets. Word. I love 7 that o'clock word. on WGR and live stream on Sabres.com. Um, it's all going to happen in front of Bukopekalukanen. And we've been seeing yeah. the goaltenders get their full game. So what's your expectation based on everything we've seen from the goalies so far and what you know of Lukanen and his situation? And oh, by the way, our good friend, Sabres correspondent, Jordan LaBarber reminded me today that um, Don was asked about his comfort level going into the season with three goalies. Oh, I know. And he said he would be very comfortable given none of the three have a lot of NHL games and are working well together and will improve. Yeah. Don, you used to play goalie before. You understand that three is not very... um easy to deal with. Maybe it's easier for the coaches. And maybe, listen, I also come from a time where practices were totally different than what they are now. They're very much broken down into small area games. Guys are in and out. The the goals are not one goal at the one end in the crease and one goal at the other end in the crease. They move around. They go to the blue line. They go to the corners. They play half ice. There's always these changes. So you can adjust to three goaltenders a little bit easier. But I do hate three goaltenders for practice. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, when it comes to Okopeko Lukanen, you know what is, Duffer, this is really tough. Being the third guy. Look, you see Levi, you see Comrie play well in two periods, the first game. You see Levi play well in two periods, the second game. And then you get the third game. And uh, it was okay with Lukanen. He did, he did fine. It wasn't spectacular. He did fine. And then you come back and you see Comrie do well in a losing effort in Pittsburgh, and you see Levi do well after giving up three goals and shutting it down. So now yeah. it's even more pressure on Lukanen, I think, to play well. So I don't know if he's taking it that way, but from the outside, that's definitely what it feels like. True or false? People would not have spoken glowingly about Lukanen allowing three and getting the win Saturday against Columbus. Um. So I will say false, and the only reason I'm going to say false is that if Lukanen had played the full game against Toronto and only given up three, not three in two periods, but played the full game and shut the door in the third period and given up three, I think everybody would have said, good recovery. It started a little rough, but man, he really stepped up, made some big saves and whatever, just like Levi did in the game. If Levi only plays the first two periods against Columbus, gives up three and 40 minutes, and he doesn't get to finish the job, 
I think we talk about it differently. But now it's that time of preseason where you play a full game. And that mm-hmm. last 20 is as important as the, as the first 20. So I think that missing that 20 minutes in Hockeyville when they played uh, against the Leafs um, maybe got a little bit more of a negative feel to Lukanen because there's three goals in, in 40 minutes instead of in a full game. But I well, get I your sense. Right. Your sense is that the, yeah. the perception is always like, well, uh, Lukanen, everybody drops their arms and Levi, everybody like, you know, puts them above their heads. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong and, or I hope the narrative changes. Um, and I, I say that because I'm hopeful that Lukanen will just keep improving. And obviously the stretches that were on display last year are the stretches that produce the most points over a smaller number of games, you know, like looking at in a couple of those runs, Comrie had one, obviously Levi had one at the end of the year, like they're all capable of it. And uh, Marty, I can't escape the question. Like, Oh, I think I'm, I, is it just me? That's not hearing Duffer right now or yeah, we're not hearing you Duffer. So I don't know if it's uh if there's something going on with your microphone or if it's the Spalding Lake Wi-Fi where you are right now that uh, that is getting that done. But just uh, quickly, because I know we're talking Lukanen, but there's uh, uh, I want to make sure I get that in because Big Willie on, on X right now says this is way too much overthinking. The, there should be the forward lineup to start the season. And obviously, Tuck is playing with Tage and Skinner in that uh, in that uh, in his lineup. And Benson's actually with Cousins and Paterka. So Benson is filling in for that Quinn situation. So I don't know. I don't know if it's too much overthinking. I think it's preseason. I like it. Um, but we lost you a little bit duffer there. So I don't know if it was just the audio. So I think what we should do is take a quick pause here. Make sure that the audio is back okay. I think I'm sending all the bad Spalding Lake Wi-Fi your way. So hopefully we can get that figured out. And when we come back... Um, we'll talk goalies a little bit more around the league, other situation. Preseason is going on and we don't even know that they're playing games in Orlando. Duffer, we got to figure that out. So anyway, we'll be right back here on Sabres Live on WGR 550 and MSG. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 